Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Devani. I'm a therapist, a life coach, and a facilitator of powerful personal growth workshops. This show is a space for ambitious women who have huge hearts who are always giving and serving others. I take a real talk, practical approach to helping you start being authentically and freely you through mental wellness and faith. So you'll hear about topics like self-acceptance, self-compassion, intentional action-taking, and habit creation. If you're ready to start letting yourself be seen and heard and to start being authentically you, you are in the right place, my friend. My hope is that every episode, you'll walk away feeling encouraged and with practical tips you can start to implement in your life. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health treatment. All right, my friend, let's dig in. All right, love, we are on day two. Okay, day two of our self-compassion journaling challenge. All right, so what I want to share with you today are the three core pieces. Of course, Zeke just found a squeaky toy right when I hit record. Of course, I would expect nothing less from him. What an angel. Okay, so today I am going to be sharing with you why self-compassion can feel so difficult sometimes, what the basic pieces of self-compassion are, right? Just kind of dig into that a little bit. Like, what is it really? And then, of course, I will share with you a simple, super easy to practice self-compassion practice, and I will give you your journaling prompt. Okay, so where I want to start is what the three core pieces of self-compassion are. And according to Dr. Kristen Neff, who is one of the biggest names in the self-compassion field, she talks about these three core pieces of what self-compassion really is. So number one is self-kindness. It's replacing harsh self-criticism with kinder, gentler words. So that is the first part of what self-compassion is. The second part of what self-compassion is, common humanity. Acknowledging that your suffering and your personal failure is a universal experience. And I talk a lot about this one. I think there's so much power in this, that when we are suffering, our minds can tell us that we are alone in that, that we we are... (laughs) the uniquest of unicorns, that somehow we are going through something that no one else has ever gone through. And that isolating feeling that that creates, creates so much extra suffering. So much extra suffering. So with this common humanity piece, it's acknowledging that our our suffering, Our failure is something that other people experience, that it's something that's universal to all humans. So powerful. Part number three is mindfulness. 
which means observing your negative emotions without focusing on them or suppressing them. So let's say that again. Mindfulness, observing your negative emotions, and I don't even really use the term negative emotions, but this is what, when I, when I was researching, what came up. But I would say maybe challenging feelings, because I don't think there's negative emotions, but challenging emotions without focusing on them So what that means is we let them come, we let them go. We're not focusing on them. And we're also not suppressing them. So suppressing them would be trying to silence them, trying to ignore them, uh, numbing ourselves to a place where we aren't even noticing how we're feeling, what we're feeling. That's suppressing them. So again, self-compassion has these three pieces. Self-kindness. Replacing your harsh self-criticism with kinder, gentler words. This common humanity piece, acknowledging that your suffering, your personal failure is a universal experience. And number three, mindfulness. Observing, maybe challenging your negative emotions without focusing on them or suppressing them. So observing our emotions. And I would be so curious to know which one of those maybe stands out the most to you or what's coming up as you're hearing those. But that's just such a powerful way to really dig in and see what self-compassion is really. Okay? All right. So next I want to share why self-compassion can feel so difficult. And in one of the most recent audiobooks that I was listening to by Kristen Neff, she actually said that one of the biggest barriers to people practicing self-compassion is the belief that self-compassion is actually going to hold you back or that it's not going to be beneficial or helpful and that it's actually like in my words when I hear that I hear that self-compassion can feel like kind of a crutch right that it's like oh it's just kind of throwing this pity party and that it's not going to help us which is so so interesting and so I think that's obviously one of the reasons why it can feel so hard another couple reasons if we grew up hearing people who were either very critical towards us or very opinionated or, you know, we sometimes we don't learn how to practice self-compassion. And I would say often, often, like, is that something that you learned growing up? If you were blessed, that's amazing. But many of us were not taught what that sounds like to practice and so that's definitely one thing that can make it feel difficult is that we, we don't really know how to do it. We didn't learn it. Another reason why this can feel difficult is because growing up and throughout your life up until however old you are right now, you have learned and you know really cultivated like certain responses towards certain events or stimulus, things like that. So imagine that you make a mistake or say that you procrastinate on a project or something like that. Like over the years, you've you've built up and grown ways of responding to that. And so that may be a kind and gentle response. That also could be a very critical response. But you've learned that and kind of practiced that. And the things that we practice over and over again, as we know, 
really get ingrained in our brains, right? It just becomes this subconscious. We don't even think about it. And often, and this would be another reason why this can feel so difficult sometimes, is that we don't even notice how we're speaking to ourselves. We don't even notice how we are responding to our feelings. We don't even notice. And that's okay. I don't want you to be judging and criticizing yourself for that. That's okay. We do the best that we can with what we have and with what we know. And you've been doing the best that you can with what you've had and with what you've known. And now that you have access to, you know, there's just so much incredible information out here. Now we can start practicing this new way of noticing your feelings, noticing your thoughts, becoming more self-aware, and then having more intentional responses to those things in a way that's going to feel more helpful or maybe just be healthier for you, right? So, so powerful. Okay. So those are a couple reasons why it can be hard. I think another one that I really want to leave with is this idea too. I think in our culture, there's like this tough love. I need to be really hard on myself because that's how I make progress. Or maybe we grew up with caregivers who, you know, yeah, it was like if we did something wrong, there was criticism or we were motivated by fear or we were motivated by criticism or, right, like that's how people got us to feel motivated to do something, right? And when we're making the choice to do something, like let's imagine that you have a project that's due soon, We can be motivated by fear. We can be motivated by, right? Like we can be motivated by so many different things. But I think often in our culture, there's a lot of motivation by criticism or motivation by fear. And so if we grew up being motivated by, you know, Either someone criticized us and that that motivates us to do something else, or maybe we were trying to avoid being criticized. And that was our motivation, right? We learn that. And I think a lot in our culture, we feel like that's the best way to motivate ourselves, motivate other people, right? How often do we see that in our relationships, right? Is that we feel like people will be motivated by criticism, And that's actually not the most effective way for other people and for ourselves. It is not the most effective way to motivate us. It it doesn't have to be, we don't have to be criticizing ourselves and judging ourselves to get ourselves to take that next step, to do that scary thing, to set that boundary. Like I mentioned yesterday, self-criticism actually activates that stress response in our brain. That is not the most effective way to help us move towards what we want and what we want to create in our lives. It is not the most effective way. But we learn that, and I think, again, so common in our culture that, you know, it's like criticism leads us to make the moves that we need to make, and that's why I'm hard on myself, and that's why I'm tough to other people and it's like yeah 100% like there's a yin and a yang Kristen F talks about this there's a yin and a yang to self-compassion self-compassion is not just oh my gosh I messed up like yes that's part of it but then there's also action to move forward which is so powerful and imagine imagine 
in a moment where you just effed up, like you, I don't know, I don't know, you just had a moment, okay, you had a moment, you fudged up, something happened, imagine saying to yourself, wow, I really, I really messed up on that one, I really did not do well, that was, that was pretty bad, that was bad, right, acknowledging it, you're owning it, you're recognizing it, Maybe you even say, I feel really shitty right now. Like, I really messed up. I don't feel great. I don't feel great right now. You're acknowledging that, and then you're asking yourself, okay, well, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? What would feel helpful right now? It's like when you have, it's like when you know that you have, like someone has your back. When you know that someone has your back, when someone's standing right next to you, You feel confident in doing something that maybe feels a little riskier or a little scary, right? When you know that someone has your back, when you know that you have your friend, your parent, a loved one who's got you, right? It's like we we can do that for ourselves. It's that feeling of like, that's okay. Like, yeah, this was hard. I really messed up. This doesn't feel great but it's okay. Like, I'm going to try again, right? Like, just how much more fruitful will that be in our lives instead of all of that self-judgment, all of that self-criticism, activating our stress response, and then trying to move forward from that place. Oh, gosh, right? Okay. I just could talk about this forever, but I'm trying to keep these short and brief, and it's just still not staying short and brief, so I'm so sorry. I hope you're finding this helpful, though. Okay, So that was what self-compassion is, the three big parts, why it can feel so difficult, and you are not alone in that. That's why I wanted to share this today. You are not alone if this feels like another language or, you know, like I'm speaking to you in an alien language or like you're on Mars or something. It's okay. It's okay. You're not alone. Okay, so our simple practice for today, simple self-compassion practice, okay, is the simple question of asking yourself, how would I treat a friend who is going through this? That's it. So, so simple. How would I treat a friend who was going through this? So I want you to maybe write this down on a post-it. Maybe you want to, I don't know. I'm really big on writing things down and having it in plain sight. But again, that could be ADHD. So (laughs) take it or leave it. But what I want you to do is write that somewhere. And when you find yourself in a moment today of maybe being hard on yourself or you notice that you're in a moment of self-criticism, self-judgment, something like that, okay? I want you to just ask yourself, how would I treat a friend who was going through this? And you don't need to be able to follow through on that and do exactly, you know, you don't need to take the five steps that are after that. What I want you to do is just start to ask yourself that. Because before we can create any type of change, we need to just be aware of what our current experience is, what that current dialogue is, grow our awareness around that. Self-awareness is so important. And then we need to acknowledge that there's an alternative. 
if you don't realize that there's another possible way of treating yourself in these situations or of responding to these situations, then we're not going to make the change. So I just want you to start asking yourself. Again, don't worry about what comes after that. Just ask yourself, how would I treat a friend who is going through this right now? How would I treat a friend who missed a deadline? How would I treat a friend who, you know, didn't get any work done today because you were taking care of your little nuggets? Like, how, what would I tell my friend? How would I treat her? How would I encourage her in this moment? Because I'm sure that you would not go to your friend and tell her, yeah, you freaking suck. You're the worst. <laughs> but so easy, it's so, so easy though for us to tell ourselves that, right? Okay, so that's our practice for today. Just asking yourself that and honestly answering that question for yourself in those moments. That's it, just starting there. Super simple. Write it down somewhere, post it somewhere, make it your wallpaper, I don't care, whatever you want to do. Okay, journal prompt for today. Journal prompt for today. If I were to give myself even an ounce of compassion, what could that look like? Again, maybe you'll notice that I use a lot of words around what could that look like? What would that possibility be, right? We don't need to be up at the top of the staircase. We don't need to have the five million steps. I just want you to start exploring and realizing that there are other ways of treating yourself, other ways there are possibilities. And just because you haven't experienced it yet or that it's not a habit in your life doesn't mean it's not possible, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Okay. If I were to give myself an ounce of compassion today, what could that look like? And again, I want you to reflect on your journaling from yesterday, right? Where we explored what does compassion look like? What does compassion feel like? And then what we're doing today is asking ourselves, okay, how could you give yourself an ounce of that? Some examples could be, maybe I just want to start noticing how I talk to myself more often. Maybe I want to acknowledge my feelings because I do that for other people and I love when other people do that for me. They just listen. They're just there. Maybe I can place my hands on my heart because I love when people give me a hug when I'm feeling discouraged. Right? Maybe I can just be there with myself in that moment. Maybe I can tell myself that it's okay that you're feeling this way or maybe it's acknowledging that this is hard or that I messed up. Maybe it's acknowledging your humanness. This is one of my favorites. It's just acknowledging like, wow, you are a human. <laughs> and you were deeply reminded of that in this moment. That's one of my favorites. Like it just takes the pressure off. Like, yes, I'm human. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, you know, A, B, and C, whatever. That's, a, that's just being a freaking human, right? It's not because I'm a terrible human. It's not because... It's not because I'm an idiot, I'm the worst. I, you know, all of those things that your mind can tell you because our minds are so creative. I'm human, I'm human. And maybe it's reminding yourself of that. Okay, my friend. Enjoy journaling that out. 
enjoy practicing that today, right? If I could give myself even an ounce of compassion today, what might that look like? What could that look like? What could I take from how I give others compassion, how others give me compassion? How could I possibly give myself even an ounce of that today? Exploring that. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this again. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Head over to the Facebook community. Um, I'm not on Instagram every day, honestly. And so you totally can message me over there or post on your story, but I'm not on there every day, TBH. But for sure, I would love to hear from you in the Facebook community um, and just know what resonated with you, what standard... What stand it out to you? What stood out to you from today? And again, just a recap. We talked about those three pieces of self-compassion, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. Our simple practice was how would I treat a friend who was going through this? And your journal prompt, if I were to give myself even an ounce of this compassion that I kind of explored yesterday how I give others compassion, how I love receiving compassion. If I could give myself even an ounce of that today, what could that look like? All right, my friend, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you tomorrow. Hey, sweet friend, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and hit that share button. Send this to a friend who you know would love this episode. And if you haven't already left a rating or a review, if you could head down and take just a minute to do that, it would mean so much to me. Not only does it fill up my cup to know what you are loving about the show and to see how it's serving you, but it also allows me to see what specific topics you're enjoying so that I can create more episodes that you are going to love. And leaving a rating and review also helps us reach more women. So if you head down, it'll take you just a minute and I would appreciate it so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this community. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.